Hey, hey, got another legend in the building today. Got another legend in the building today. DC Zone, Trey Kelly, Dunbar, finest, uh, South Carolina University finest, NBA pro legend, man, joining us here on Soon Sports Podcast. How you doing, sir? I'm doing pretty good, man. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it, man. We're going to get right into it, man, for the people that don't know who you are. I mean, there's a lot of people that know you, but for those that don't know you, you know, worldwide, can you give a little short, brief background of of who you are and, you know, where you come from and different things of that nature? Um, uh, Trey Kelly, um, Northeast Washington, D.C., native. Um, I went to Dunbar High School. I played, played four years there. Um, I went to the University of South Carolina. I was able to play four years there. And I enjoyed, you know, what I think was an illustrious professional basketball career over 13 years. And, um, you know, was able to, you know, just enjoy myself, man, and really do something that I love. And, um, you know, now I've, I've transitioned into coaching um, at my alma mater. So it kind of came around full circle for me to be back at Dunbar High School. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. Um I watch you coming up, man. I'm I'm a couple of like yeah, like a couple of years in front of you. I went to HD Wilson, and and, and the thing about it was, um, I watched you play a couple of times, man. Uh, battling down there at HD Tower Power, yeah. but what I wanted to talk to you about was um, initially, can you can you talk about your experience uh, playing at Dunbar, starting out like. Uh, uh, Real quick, take us through your like. Uh, I, did you start in the ninth grade at Dunbar, or did you go to? Uh... I started. I started a couple of games. I didn't start the entire season, okay. um, but I played. I played. I played minutes like I was a starter. I played a lot of minutes, um, and you know, was just able to get that experience as a ninth grader. The the city and the in the high was pretty thick at the time, so it was a lot of competition at pretty much every school. And it was fun, man. It was fun for me because, you know, I was, I came in with a chip on my shoulder just trying to prove myself. Um, young ninth grader, you know, everybody's talking about it. You know, what what is he going to do? How's he going to respond? You know, being on varsity, um, playing a lot of minutes, you know, getting an opportunity out there. So, you know, I, I was learning a lot. You know, I played for Gary Lampkins those first two years. So I learned a lot, you know, learned a lot from him, you know, um, a very, uh, you know, he was a very mature coach. You know, he had been around some time. Um, so the stuff that he was teaching me, you know, was was some of the things that I needed at the time as a ninth grader. So um, I was ahead of my time mentally, and it was good for me to be around a lot of older guys that were already seniors, like, you know, uh, like Deion Walker, Mauricio, Brandwell, some of those guys that was on that team. Um, they really embraced me. You know, and they, I'm talking about from day one, like first couple of days, you know, we go in there for practice and, you know, they understand what I brought to the table. And, you know, it was just fun, you know, getting the love and support and respect from those guys. And that helped me just go out there and play basketball. Absolutely. And then, so, so moving forward, after those first two years, you go into your, your, your 11th and 12th grade year under a new yeah. coach, under a uh, coach yeah. uh, Rooks. Yeah. How, how was so, that? Man, that was that was lovely because um, you know, me and me and Lorenzo Roach was 
we were good friends already. You know, he had already, um, I had went to a couple of practices. He was coaching a youth team that went to the Virgin Islands a couple of years before. I ended up not going to the Virgin Islands, but I did go to the practices. Um, I think I might have been playing AAU ball by the time the trip came, and I wasn't able to attend the Virgin Islands. So, um, you know, for me, playing for him, he he really just came in and was just like, man, I know your passion, you know, for the school. I got the same passion. You know, he was telling me that he had been there. He had won championships as a player. Um, so we shared that that passion for Dunbar, that love for Dunbar. We wanted, you know, we wanted the best for the school. And he just wanted me to just go out and play. You know, he it really was just a thing where it was just like, man, go out there and play basketball. You know, I know that you play hard. I know that you go hard. I know that you're going to, you know, you know, work your tail off. And it was, it was, um, it was amazing because it, I didn't know what I was going to walk into, like coming into ninth grade. I just wanted to, you know, prove myself. I just wanted to play well. I wanted to work hard. I wanted to be sharp. Um, and, you know, by the time I'm a 12th grader, you know, everybody's talking about history already that I was, that I was kind of implanting um, before I left. And I didn't, you know, I wasn't thinking of it that way. I was just going to play basketball, man. I was uh, enjoying the ride and, and I knew that I was going to go and play four years somewhere. I didn't know where, um, but I was just enjoying the ride. And then, you know, end of my 12th grade year, I mean, I'm setting records. Uh, I'm breaking records. I'm, you know, two-time All-Met, two-time Gatorade Player of the Year in Washington, D.C. And I mean, that was that was incredible, you know, for me and my family because that was something that we enjoyed and we embraced because, you know, we lived in those moments and, and was very happy about it. Absolutely, absolutely. So speaking speaking of you being a Gatorade Player of the Year and, and different things of that nature, uh, I got a question for us. Uh, when when did your name hit the map for us? Like uh, when Trey Kelly was like worldwide known? Was it the uh, – I heard, correct me if I'm wrong, when you uh, went to uh, what is called ABC camp? Yes, yeah, so I, yeah, I went to ABCD camp as a ninth grader. Okay. And um, I think that next year I was top 25 in the country. You know, yeah, I remember the magazine came out. Um, they first started um, ranking LeBron number one. And I was a part of that top 25 class. And, you know, by the time the season started at Dunbar, my 10th grade year, everybody's just talking about it. And, you know, um, actually I started off that year kind of slow. Um, you know, I don't know if it was just the intention, attention. I don't know if it was just, uh, you know, just trying to live up to everything, but that's kind of, kind of started. So I didn't start off bad, but I kind of started off slowly and, um, you know, kind of picked it up like maybe seventh or eighth game. It kind of, you know, I ended up averaging like 20 and like six or seven assists my sophomore year at Dunbar. Um, and it was, you know, like I said, it was, it was, a, it was a challenge for me and challenges, you know, even back then were really fun for me. So, I embraced those challenges because I was always working hard and I didn't mind, you know, challenges because I knew that I was going to put in work. Absolutely. Um, did you have a, a moment with, uh, uh, they say your breakout time prior to what you was just explaining to us was against Sebastian Telfair. Did you, I, they, I, I remember uh, vividly hearing like you, you put up 
big numbers against him. And yeah, so he was a, he was a young guy at the time. He was like, man, he was like eighth, ninth grade. But he was, you know, of course, he was one. He was like the best player in his class. Um, and what they did was they had like uh, before you start, you know, with your with the camp schedule, I think you play six games. Okay. You play like a sort of an exhibition. And I played against him in the exhibition, but the college coach was there. Everybody was there watching. And he was he was too small. Like, you know, yeah. <laughs> he was he was, you know, he was small. You know, wasn't that strong. He was quick, but you know, I just took advantage of that. You know, was able to shoot over top of him, you know, get to my spots, kind of bump them off for layups, floaters and stuff like that. I was getting to the line. Uh, probably had like 22, 23 points against him. Um, and, you know, you know, a lot of people were talking about that at the time. Um, but I knew, you know, you could tell that he was he was going to be something special at the time. Um, and that was like him coming right into high school. I think he was he hadn't even played ninth grade yet, if I'm not mistaken. Wow. Um, I think that was like my 10th, 11th grade year, something like that. And that's, you know, like that was, you know, I had games before that where people, you know, were really, Watching, I think I think when I really came on the scene, man, as far as from a national standpoint, mm-hmm. um, I was a ninth grader playing seventeen and under. So I was like I was like fifteen, playing with like James White, um, Rob Little, who went to Stanford, um, Mauricio Brandwell went to uh, Seton Hall, um, a couple of those guys, and they, you know, everybody in the country were watching James White. You know, high flying guy, you know, athletic, uh, can shoot the ball, you know. So everybody was coming to his game. I remember going on like a, a couple unofficial visits to okay. colleges with him. Like, you know, we were in LA. I went to UCLA with him, um, just on the unofficial. I'm in ninth grade. He's about to choose his college right. at the time. So, um, you know, it was just those kind of moments, man, where it was, you know, just kind of allowing me to kind of see what was out there and really get a chance to to kind of, you know, inhale everything in regards to the atmosphere of just being on the big time level. Gotcha. And that gives you confidence, you know, in a sense. That gives you like that gives you confidence. Um the thing that really like kind of boosted me a little bit, I, I was in the ninth grade. It was after my ninth grade season at Dunbar, I was playing with DC Assault and um Damar Johnson. Um I asked the coach, my coach at the time, like if you know, two of your like you know best players would come and work out with us. He had just got drafted, number six. Wow! So he was doing like his after draft workouts. You know, like he getting ready to go to camp and all that kind of stuff. Um, and it's like it's like July, August of that had to be two thousand um, after he had already gotten drafted. So me and James White went to L.A. With Demar Johnson and Kenya Martin at the time, and we were just working out with Kiki Vanderway, you know, who was who was like the guy who was working all these guys out at the time, and that was like special, you know, to see these guys, you know, Kiki Vanderway, you hear about him, Denver Nuggets legend, um, Demar Johnson, who you know we all were looking up to at the time because he was, you know, he was like you know number one player in the country in high school, went to Cincinnati for one year kind of smooth guy, you know, um, number six pick in the draft, lotto pick. And, you know, we, we kind of wanted that. So, you know, when you're, when you're coming up, you're in high school, you kind of look at those guys as inspiration. 
And, you know, being able to go out there and work out with those guys, man, that was that was special for me and Jane. Of course, he was older, but for me, I'm a ninth grader about to be in the 10th grade. And, like, I'm working out with these guys. So that was, you know, that was, that was like a moment where, you know, I was like, I'm going you know, to continue to push it, you know, because I want to be with these guys. Are. Absolutely. So um, speaking of that, man, uh, I want to go in your recruitment. Correct me if I'm wrong. You were one of the only people that I know during, during your, your age group and your time that was signed before your 12th grade year. It, am I correct on yes. that? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Can, you, can you talk about that a little bit, the uh, experience and, and what it meant to be signed early? Because I'm a, I'm a firm believer in, um, you know, as you you a coach now, and I'm a firm believer that you should you should go sign early. I know things are a little bit different now, but can you talk about so, that a little bit? To be so, to be totally honest with you, mm-hmm. um, that wasn't a great thing for me at the time because I had to sign with South Carolina. To be honest, totally honest with you. So, and I'm not going to go into this part because it's just. It's a lot. Um, my documentary would kind of shed some light on certain things that happened uh, with my AAU organization, okay. you know, who kind of messed my recruiting up. Um, you know, yeah, really messed my recruiting up, like derailed, like me to go to the schools that I wanted to go to. So as a sophomore, I verbally committed to Syracuse. Wow. And yeah, that was under, like everybody knew that. Everybody in my camp like my family AU team you know like everybody just knew that I was going to Syracuse like they used to send me a bunch of stuff like it was like that's where I was going to go um this is the 10th grade so you know things happened and like man they they just sorted me down man and like all the schools kind of backed up off me at the same time um, yeah, and, and by the time I was in 11th grade, you know, South Carolina called me during, during the summer. And, you know, once I started doing my research on them and saw the conference that they were playing at, playing against all these big schools, um, I knew that, you know, a couple of guys, you know, was going to go to like Kentucky, Florida, um, you know, even, even when I went. And I knew, I heard Rondo was already talking to Kentucky. He was, he was a couple of years behind me. So you kind of see, you know, where some of these guys, you know, are going to play in this conference. Wow. And that was that was the case. You know, when you go to Arkansas, and you got to play against Ronnie Brewer. Then you go to Florida, you got to play against, like, Al Horford, Joe Kim Noah, Corey Brewer, Torian Green. Um, you go to Kentucky, you got Randolph Morris, Ray John Rondo, Kalina Azabuke, all these guys on the same team, wow. the same conference. It's every night. You know, uh, LSU, you got Big Baby Davis, Brandon Bass. That's each block. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, um, you know, for me, like, I knew I knew that it was going to be a heavy conference, you know, just just star-level conference. And I knew that if I went in and, and did my thing, man, I can become a pro. Um, you know, whether it was NBA, go overseas. You know, I was, of course, I was always shooting for the NBA. Um so I knew all these guys, man, all these dudes going to the NBA. That's what I used to think. So you got to just go and play play your ass off against them and, and show them that you belong. And I, I did that. You did. Um, 
speaking of your recruiting, uh, you had I, I did a little research on you. Uh, UConn, Miami, Georgia Tech, West Virginia, yeah. with some of the uh, other schools that was very interested yeah. in. And you. I was I was going to pick one of the four. And I think uh, I was leaning towards Miami at one time, okay. um, and I was leaning towards uh, Georgia Tech also. UConn came late in the mix, but then they kind of like fell off on everybody because everybody kind of backed off at the same time, but you know something's wrong. Like yeah. somebody's doing something that they're not supposed to do, saying something they're not supposed to say when every school that's recruiting you hard now. I mean, Miami used to come to Northeast and watch me shoot jump shots and yeah. take me and people who were training me to to dinner. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So how you go from that to just, I don't even get a call anymore. So you know something's wrong in me. Somebody's yeah. doing something bad, you know, to, to derail a kid at the time, which I didn't really... Like, as a coach right now, I just can't understand that part. Like, right. if I have a kid, I don't care if the kid is has a support system, has a father, has whoever in his corner. Like, I'm, I don't want anything from a kid. I don't care if he's about to be a number one pick. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want to, like, I'm not going to derail a kid and, and mess up his future, you know, because that, that's, what's could, that's what could have happened. Yeah, you know, all these schools could have fell off. South Carolina didn't have to call. You know, God, God was going to do His thing anyway, right. and and make sure that I was going to be in a blessed situation. But at the same time, you know, a lot of kids, mm-hmm. and it didn't always turn out that way. You know, right. I turned it into a thirteen-year professional career, a, a great, great four-year career at South Carolina. Right. Um, but that's a rarity. You know, um, you know, for me to still be able to do that. Absolutely, um, man. This is good stuff, man. We, we talking and, 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 um, some of the some of the things that you're bringing up as we talking. It, it kind of had me wondering because these are the things that I be thinking about with with the upcoming uh, athletes, student athletes today. I know that you're going to prepare them now for what you went through, so they won't have to go through the same things because a lot of t- Oh man, he, he give us give us one second. We gonna be back. I'm gonna get him get get Trey Kelly back. It's, it's it's going down. There you go. You you back with us? Oh yeah, it, it faded out a yes, little bit, yeah. but 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 it's all good. Okay. Uh, so so I, what I was saying was I, I know what you went through. That, that being a uh, coach at Dunbar now, you want to uh, prepare your kids and, and you know. So they won't have to go through some of the things that you went through in right. the recruiting process and, and different things of that nature. Right. Yeah. So uh, the, the best thing about my experience right now as a coach is that I'm speaking to these kids straight from experience of everything that I've done. That's, that's, that's what I lead with, with, with almost every conversation. And I'm telling them this and I always tell them, look, I'm not telling you this because I want to sound like a coach. I'm not telling you this because I want you guys to admire me for having a great basketball career. Like that's over with, you know, um, I still play, I still can play. I still can, you know, do some great things on the basketball court, but I'm telling you guys this because I experienced it. I'm talking about step for step. I'm talking about from down to the hard work, being able to be sharp, getting your jump shot, right. Getting your ball handling, right to the recruiting process, to going out there and really being able to to, to, 
to, to play in the big games and perform in the big games to the recruiting um, when it's time to make decisions and how to make decisions on going to certain schools. Like, who wants you? Like, don't go where it looks shiny at. You know, go to where they want you. You know, go to where they tell you, look, you have a chance to start here. Or you have a chance to play a lot of minutes. You know, I played for Dave Odom in, in South Carolina, and yeah. everything that he came to Northeast. He came to he came to Brentwood, and he came and sat at my grandmother's table. Wow. You know, and everything that he told me that day, I'll never forget, was what happened for four years. Wow. Everything that he said, you're gonna fight, you're gonna have to fight for your starting position as a freshman. After that, no matter what happens, you'll never miss another start. Wow. No matter what. And that was, that's what happened. He wanted me to go out there and play, man. He trusted me. We had a conversation, a deep conversation, man, that, that actually gave me a different perspective on life. And then it gave me a different perspective on basketball. This was after my freshman year was over. And that, that gave me and him a great relationship, you know, because as a freshman, you know, we, you know, of course, I mean, he's coaching and, you know, I'm trying to figure out what's going on. I'm trying to figure out how to play well and how to help my teammates win. And we communicated, but it wasn't heavy my freshman year. Absolutely. We had a conversation in the summer going into my sophomore year and we became best friends, you know, um, and that helped me go out there and play well. I mean, I'm leading the, I'm leading the, con- the SEC conference in minutes played. I'm never coming out of the game. Right. Like for three, like for my last three years, I'm never, I'm playing 39 minutes. If we play overtime and I'm playing 44 out of 45 minutes, you know what I'm saying? So, I, I mean, who doesn't go out there and be comfortable with that? Yeah. Knowing that like, you don't have to look over at the scores table. So when you, when, when you're getting recruited, who's going to recruit you to, to do that? You know, who's going to recruit you to, you know, go and you want to play. You don't want to just have a uniform on Act like you're at this big school um, because they did this. Or they, man, we, where are you going to play? And that's the most important thing. How are they going to play? Is it your style? Is it, is, you know what I'm saying? Would you fit this group? Who's the guys that are coming in? You know, would you be able to play well with this guy? You know what I'm saying? So um, just being able to experience everything that I experience, you know, makes me equipped to be able to give and instill the things that I need to instill for these kids to be successful. Absolutely. Um, speaking on which you, you, you led uh, as a sophomore, led the team in assists. You also mm-hmm. made uh first team uh, all SEC. Can yeah. you yeah. speak about that a little bit? Like how was that for you when you was at South Carolina? Man, that was, it was, uh, you know, my, my four years total, man, was just amazing, man. Just, um, you know, I always think, you know, you always, as a player, a perfectionist, you always think you can play better. Um, but but as a whole, man, I really, I, I went and did what I needed to do. You know, um, that that helped me become a pro. You know, that helped me become a professional basketball player. You go, you go to school for one, two, three, four years as a basketball player, to prepare yourself as a professional. That's what it's for. You know, like you have aspirations to become a professional. You go and do professional things in college. I'm talking about the hard work, you know, running the stairs in the summertime with the weight vest on, you know, coming home and not, and not, you know, not taking that for granted, working out when you come home for a week, um, going back to school, working out again, 
you know, going in the gym at two in the morning because you, you know, you get, you have access to the gym, getting extra shots up, you know? So it was, it was, it was something that, you know, was instilled in me before I went there and it, it helped me, man. And it, it prepared me, you know, for what I was facing down the line, you know, just being a pro and, and my mindset, my mindset was always like, how do I be successful here? Like this game, this practice, you know, I never took a, took a possession for granted. Like I, I never went out there and just went through the motions. You know, I never, you know, I'm not going to say I, I had a great game every game. No, you know, but at the same time, my, my intent, look, how do I, how do I like, how do I play against Rondo tonight? You know what I'm saying? How do I play against LSU? How do I get my float over the top of Brandon Bass? Um, if, if, you know, we play, um, big baby, like, you know, I'm a, um, I'm a call the ball screen for big baby because he a little slow and yeah. I'm gonna get around him and make plays. You know what I'm saying? So it was, it was always a, I'm trying to, I'm trying to make it happen and this every day. And that's how it is. You, you can't take, like people say, when people say no days off, like that, that doesn't always mean you just killing yourself in the gym every day, killing yourself. In the, it means mentally, man, you, Every single day, you have to put something in your mind, like even if it's just a thought of how you're going to do something to be successful one day. Like you might just that might be an off day. You just need some rest. Your body's tired, your mind is tired. Okay, I need some rest. Even that rest is 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 a positive thing for you to be successful because you need it. You know, eating and drinking water, being hydrated, all of that. Like, and that's the thing, man, that I did for so long was try to, man, it's steps A to Z. And you can't miss one when you want to be successful. If you miss one, you might have a bad night. If you have a good night that night, that, that could be the night that gets you in. You know what I'm saying? That could be the night against Rondo. That could be the night against Florida. Uh, you know, that that could be at Rep Arena when I had 36. Right. You know what I'm saying? I'm ready to get in the bed at you know, in the hotel. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's it's it was... It was always the thing for me, man, the one I wanted it every day. Like I you know, it wasn't a day that I didn't. It wasn't nothing more important than, man, I gotta get it done tonight. And that, and, that, and that's what these kids have to understand, man. Right. Um that, uh you talked about it briefly, uh coming up. You got a uh a show coming out, uh what is Unbreakable Desires? Yeah. Can you talk about that a little bit? Like, what can we expect from that? Yeah. So it's, it's 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 literally it's literally self-explanatory when it when it when it comes to my life. It really reflects my life because we're happy. Hey, give 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 us one second. He broke off again. Uh, man, Trey Kelly, man, in the building. I think I think you went off for a minute. Yeah, I'm back on. I'm back on. Yeah. So. That it reflects my life, unbreakable desire. So what happens is, as a ball player, you start with a desire to be, you want to be a pro. You want to be like Mike. You want to be like Iverson. You want to play professionally. You know, even if it's, you know, some kids, you know, they want the, the, the glamorous side of it, the $100 million, $200 million, take care of your family, get out the ghetto, all that kind of stuff. You know, all of that is inspiration, no matter how you look at it. So, you start with that desire to want to be the person who achieves all of that. And along the way, there's so many different things that happen that kind of breaks that desire or attempts to break that desire. 
you know, injuries. And, you know, I never had to deal with that, but one time, um, and I played through that injury my senior year in college, but injuries happen to people, um, death, tragedy and things in their lives. Um, you know, just losing the big games and not playing well one game, um, not winning the SEC championship for us in my junior year, lost by two against Florida. Um, certain things happen, not going to the, to Syracuse, not going to the, you know, the, another school that's a little bigger, uh, playing in the Big East, not going to Miami, not, you know, it was, it's different things that happened that maybe were meant to break my desire down, but I was so thorough in how I approach life, how I approach the game, that that desire for me to achieve and everything that I wanted to achieve and then to be successful was unbreakable, you know? So it's this, this documentary is basically, you know, a, a chronicle of my life and how a lot of different things happen along the way. Um, even the good things. Cause some people, man, some people fizzle out after success, you know, some people, man, they get there and they get the first team all SEC and they don't stop, you know, they, they stop working. Stop working hard at it. They don't get drafted. I didn't get drafted. They stopped working. So none of those things broke down my desire. I still had a desire to be great. I was going to play basketball somewhere. You know, I was somebody was going to pay me to do this thing. So that was my that was my destiny because I put so much hard work into it. I put so much passion into it. So for me, man, you know, this I want so many people to be able to watch this thing and but really understand what you're watching. You know, look at the title and look how the title is a reflection of everything that goes on on the film. Like I just said, it's it's just a, you know, people, we all as people go through so many different things. Yeah. You know, people, man, we fail, we make dumb decisions and, you know, we do things, um, you know, shouldn't do. We, we succeed, you know, we get to where we want to get to, but that's not the end. You know, it's never the end. Like if we succeed at 29 25 doing something great you know what if we what if we you know we live to be 75 you know like it's still a lot more to do you know so that desire man to to achieve goals and that desire to be successful man you know is always going to be unbreakable for me absolutely man this is great stuff man trey kelly man i appreciate it i got a couple of more questions for you um you visit ghana right um how was that can you talk about that? Oh uh, man, that was special. Um, that was special. So when I first went, man, I went with my with, with my good friend and business partner, um, Paxton Baker. Um, really good friend of mine, man. Older guy. He's like an advisor to me. Um, you know, from just in life and you know, in business. Um, and you know, he was going over there for some, you know, some huge business meetings about sports. Yeah. And um, you know, he asked me one day, you know, man, you should go with me. This would be a you know great opportunity for you. So, you know, he's a, he's a minority owner of the Washington Nationals. You know, he does a lot of great things entrepreneur-wise. He worked for BET for like 30 years. Um, you know, so he, you know, he, he's a very successful man. So, you know, going over there with him, I knew that it would create some opportunities. I didn't know, like, the basketball thing and, you know, what ended up happening. I didn't know. I mean, that wasn't even in the plans. You know, so I go over there and he's introducing me, you know, to a lot of great people. And one of his uh, really close f- friends for like 35 years is a king of a tribe there. Mm. You know, so we getting special treatment, man. We got a driver to go everywhere. We going to these different places. And, 
you know, everybody we're meeting, you know, he's introducing me to. And, you know, the, the basketball thing comes about, oh, you know, you play, oh, you play basketball. One guy's like Googling me as we're talking. And he's like, wow, you know, like, man, you've been here and you played here and I'm looking at these pictures and, oh, man, we go, you know, what, what, what if you, you know, can you do a camp? And I'm like, you know, I'll do a camp, you know, no, no problem at all. So, man, they put the camp together in like two days. Um, they they got me in contact uh, with a guy who's become a good friend of mine. He's in Ghana. You know, I'll be going back to Ghana a few times, you know, over my life. Yeah. You know, I went to my son is four years old. I'm going to take him to Ghana at some point. But, you know, I got a good friend over there, man. And, you know, he set up the basketball camps, man, put together these uh, these big, big posters and flyers and um, almost like billboard size. And I went to the, to the school and, you know, put the I mean, it's like a basketball camp. Man. We just did it. It was one day, probably about four hours. Um, had some fun with the kids, man. You know, I want to, you know, I'm trying to um, really put some, financial pieces together to go and fix that school up and to give them a new basketball court. You know, so I know that it give me, you know, um, just, a, just some great feelings to do something nice like that, you know, for some kids, you know, who they, be, they play outside. They don't even play in gyms, mm. you know, so maybe one day build a gym, you know, just, you know, start with the outside courts, just get them nicer pavement, glass backboards, you know, all that kind of stuff, stuff that they don't have right now. Right. And then, you know, be able to maybe build a gym in like five, seven years, you know, just to give them, you know, better resources to get better. Because, you know, they got a couple of good players, you know, Africa, you know, Ghana is a uh, popular place in Africa. Yeah. You go, you walk it, you know, you walk there, man. I go to the school with six, nine, six, ten guys out there. Mm. It was easy pipelines to come to the States, you know, work these kids out, make them better as basketball players never know what can happen with, you know, their futures, you know, being able to play in the NBA, maybe going to college, you know, it, it, anything can happen for these kids. Absolutely. So that was a, that was a great opportunity, you know, for me. And I, like, you know, that's how God works. And I'm going over there for something that has nothing to do with basketball. And then, you know, something like this comes about and I get an opportunity to teach some kids and to speak to them, you know, about my story. And it's just about, you know, everything that, um, you know, that I, I had gone through and the stuff that I've been able to achieve as a basketball player, that was level, man. That was that was something powerful in my mind. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. When I saw it, I was like, man, this is crazy. I didn't even know that, that, you know, I didn't know you visit over there. I, I'm yeah. quite sure a lot of other people ain't know. So bringing right. that story into perspective, like, it touched man, me, it man. Was, yeah, it was, it, was, it was emotional, man. It was like a really eye-opening experience, man, to be in another, just another land. Like, you know, I've been I've been all over the world, you know, but I played most of my basketball in Europe, China, South America, but to be, you know, basically where we're from yeah. and to be able to create something special for these kids. They had a great time and that was just for one day, you know, so, you know, I want to go back, you know, create more opportunities. Like I said, you know, if I can help build some courts, man, you know, get some things going, um, you know, for them to have better resources to play the game, you know, that'd be, a, that'd be even more amazing. Absolutely. A couple of more, man. I, uh, I wanted to ask you about, you talked about Dave Odom and, and what he meant to you and, 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 and Zoe, Coach Roach. Uh, if you can go over briefly just a little bit more about them too, but I want to also ask you about Kurt Bone. And what nice. he went to you, 
Yeah, <laughs> I, I saved I save Kurt Bowen for last. Oh, okay. So, yeah, go yeah. through them three. So we talk about we talk about Lorenzo Roach. Yeah. Um, played for him for two years. I probably known him probably about three or four years before that when I was like seventh, eighth grade. Yeah. And, you know, we just had a great relationship beforehand. And I think that helped us, you know, be better player-coach relationship. You know, and we bumped heads. You know, it was – I think the friendship allowed us, you know, caused us, I, w- I should say, to bump heads, yeah. you know, at times because we're friends and it's like, okay, he's talking to me and he's trying to get me to do something. And I, I'm, you know, I'm trying to do something on my own. You know, he's correcting me. And, yeah. you know, you bump heads like that sometimes, but it was all out of love. You know, like we really love each other to this day. Um, got Still got a great relationship. I mean, he was a passionate guy. He was a young guy at that time. You know, I'm yeah. 17, 18, and he's like, I think he's like 28 at the time, you know. Um, so for 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 me, sometimes, you know, understand how close that gap is. This is his first year as a coach, first two years as a coach. He's so passionate, but he helped me so much, you know, just be myself, go out there and play the game, be yourself, man, um, be a leader. And those kind of qualities helped me, you know, when I went to South Carolina. So, you know, having a relationship with a guy like that, that bleeds what you bleed in regards to being at Dunbar, having passion for the game, you know, being, he used to call it a Viking. Like, I want Vikings. Like, you know what I'm saying? I want Vikings. And he, 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 he identified me as a Viking. You know what I'm saying? As a hard-nosed, thorough guy who just wasn't going to back down from anything. And that was, that was just, that added to how special our relationship was. And Dave Odom, you know, he had, he had been around so many great players when I had gotten to South Carolina. He he was assistant coach at Virginia with Ralph Sampson, best player in the world at one time. You know what I'm saying? I mean, he was unbelievable back then. Three-time national player of the year, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Coach Odom was assistant coach with Terry Holland at Virginia at that time. Um, and Coach Tim Duncan at Wake Forest. By the time I left South Carolina, he said to uh, Nate McMillan, who was the coach at Portland at the time, that all, out of all these guys I've ever coached, Trey Kelly's the best basketball player that I've ever coached. And I couldn't believe he said that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I just couldn't believe it. Like, and it said a lot just for my four years, you know. Um, it meant a lot, you know, just because I knew that I had put in the hard work, you know. And that didn't, you know, that wasn't going to, that statement wasn't going to make or break me, but it let me know just how much he was paying attention to what I was doing. You know, just, you know, of course he's the coach, but a lot of times when you make statements like that, you're paying attention to everything. How I'm, how, how am I getting better? You know, what am I doing? How much of a leader I am? You know, um, how many times I just never back down from the challenge, you know? So my four years with him, man, you know, it was, it was amazing because like I said, by the time I was going into my sophomore year, we we just became best friends. When you talk about two guys like that, it was, it was, you know, it was what was supposed to happen. I was supposed to play for these two guys. You know, leading going into my professional basketball career. Like, you know, the, the last two guys that you play for, if you're playing professional basketball, what they implement in you 
is really important because yeah. you're going to you go into professional basketball with things on your mind and in your heart that they taught you. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? So you got other people like you know people who train you, people who do this, say this, and but the, your coaches, your high school coach, your college coach, those are probably the one of the two, two most special people that you have in your life because you're going to get paid for this and you have to use some of the things that you learn from them too. So that was just, it was a, it was a great thing for me to be able to play for those two guys. Absolutely. And they had a great relationship, you know, because coach Roach, you know, he wanted me to be successful. So he would talk to coach Oda during those times. Even when I was at South Carolina, he was still talking to him. They were still calling. They were inviting him to games. They give him, you know, they send him sweatsuits and all that kind of stuff. So it was great, man. It, it was just, you know, it was it was why I'm sitting here talking to you about playing 13 years as a professional. Those two guys, other people too, of course, but those two guys from a basketball standpoint. Absolutely. Yeah. And I told you I would save, you know, my man for last. Uh, yes. I mean, how, how special was he, man? Because he, he's probably the, he's probably one of the most special people in the world. Wow. Period. I mean, serious. He, Kurt Bone, Curtis Chambers, all days, whatever you want to call him, is mm. probably one of the most special people in the entire world. And mm. and when you think about a guy who has like, I mean, and he, you know, this this dude is like, you know, he's thorough, street dude. You know, been through everything back in the '80s with the drugs and. You know, the yeah. Rayful Edmonds and all that kind of stuff, that era, the crack epidemic and being in trouble, going to having to go to jail. So, you know, you're talking about a thorough guy, yeah. you know, just, just you know, uh, really hard-nosed guy, but the biggest heart that you could ever imagine. You know, yeah. I mean, the most giving dude that I've ever seen um, and the most wise guy that I've ever seen. Like his wisdom and his, his wit, you know, just as a person, as a man, um, it's just extremely special, man. I, I met him when I was 14. Right. I met him when I was 14, right on the side of his store mm-hmm. um, that used to be on Benton Road. Yeah. You know, uh, old friend of mine, Melvin Middleton, used to play for Spingon back in the day. Yeah. He, yeah, he took me over to the store and I met Kurt Bone and, um, we just hit off immediately. It was something about his energy, what was in his eyes. And then to him, it was something about my energy as a young kid. But, you know, he always talked about my maturity level. Like, damn, you know, this kid here, you know. And he first saw me. When he first saw me, I didn't meet him that night. He first saw me playing Woodson. First mm. time he ever saw me. Yeah, I heard my name. Everybody was at that game, Woodson, Dunbar, at Dunbar, uh, my ninth grade year. Yeah. And that was like my coming out party. That was, that was the one that kind of woke the city up. <laughs> you know, it woke the city. I probably had about seventeen that night, but it was like a loud seventeen wow. points against Woodson. Man, just spin moves, get to the cup. Really? People like, damn, you know, just ninth grader, man. You know, and he saw that. You know, he was able to see that, and he saw something in me then. So when he met me, he had already had like some preconceived thoughts on his mind about just, you know, who he was dealing with. And we, I mean, we've been friends ever since, you know, he, I mean, I mean, he would, like, he would just read me and my situation, whatever was going on in my life at the time. And he would, he would like, I would go to the store sometimes 
he would take me home. You know, he would give me a bunch of all days gear. Like, I wore all days every year, every day for like four years in high school. You know what I'm saying? I wore all day. I took all days down to South Carolina, wearing all days, wearing socks, wearing sweatsuits, wearing everything. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, they, they're getting the chance to see that in another state. Yeah. Um, I wish I would have known about like marketing and things of that nature. I would have wore to some games and stuff like that. I wasn't, you know, um, you know, I did, probably didn't have as much business savvy as I should have had. I wish he would have said something about it. I would have, you know, maybe after a game or something like that, just wore a t-shirt, not even knowing what, you know, maybe they see that, you know, put, put, put on a different scale. But, um, Man, he would take me home sometimes. And this is when I was still in high school. I used to play like, I used to play down Burry Farms with his teams all the time. Yeah. He'd take me home, maybe like 12 o'clock, midnight, right? Yeah. And we might sit in his car for like three hours just talking. And he'd talk. I don't talk to Ray for Evans on the phone before. You know what I'm saying? Like just yeah. talk with bone. Man, oh, you know, this Ray, Trey, man, you know, this young dude, man, he's going to be something, man, in the future. You know, so I, it's, it's been like those moments. Like, I mean, we, we probably had 20 of those. Like, just taking me home after that game, taking me home after I go down all days for a few hours. Yeah. And we might just sit, like I said, we sit on we sit on Saratoga Avenue on 14th Street yeah. for three hours. You know, we might, I might have to get in the house, man. You might hear some gunshots. I might have to, man, boom, go ahead, man. I'm going in the house. You know what I'm saying? So right. our relationship, man, is, is, is you know, is, is huge. Like, you know, our bond is huge. Um, you know, love him to death. But like I said, if you're just talking about him, forget about our relationship. Yeah. Forget about anything that he's ever taught me, done for me, just the love he's given me. I can still put that to the side and, and say, man, that this dude is, is is one of the most special guys in in the entire world history. Like seriously. Yeah. Uh, the reason and reason reason why I ask you about Kerbone is because I feel like now. I don't. I don't know if we have a a, a, a curb bone like to, to in right. this day and age. Right. You and know, it's a different the, time, the, man. They will totally, come and totally get a kid like time. that. Huh? Yeah, people, because you got to think, man. It's you, you're probably getting to the last generations of the possibilities mm. of a curb bone. Like I'm talking about, like you know, my age group, maybe a couple years younger. Because we are the people who still, we went through a lot. Yeah. You know, like these kids, they're going through a lot of things now, but it's so reckless. It's drug driven. It's like everybody's high. And like the young, like the younger guys, it's, you know, it's, it's, they are pushable in, in, the, in regards to being able to implement and instill things inside of them that help them grow. And I'm doing that with a lot of guys, you know, that I have my hands on now. And I've been doing, you know, I've been mentoring kids. You know, they call me all the time. It's more through a basketball relationship, but I always give them life. You know, I can't just, I can't just train a kid, work them out in the gym, and let them go home without telling them everything. Wow. You know, because that's those are the things that I learned: Kurt Bone, Peanut, Delonte Taylor, yeah. those kind of guys. You know, I mean, I, I got so much wisdom from Benny Nesbitt. You know, you think you think about man, the people that just was like, you know, look like older than me, kind of giving me the game from a basketball standpoint, yeah. from a life standpoint. I mean, it's second to none when you when you just put all of them together in regards to all of the knowledge that I was able to see. So how can I not go and give that same kind of knowledge and 
I've experienced, probably experienced more than them, you know, just, just from traveling around the world and being able to, you know, see a different light than Washington, D.C., being able to go to Italy, being able to go to Turkey, being able to go to Greece and all these places and live there. And, you know, you, you grow up in Northeast, man, you go anywhere and to be able to adapt. And this yeah. is like, this is the finer things in life when you think about it, because, you know, you come from Northeast, this, man, this, man, I'm going to Greece. I got a big old apartment that they're paying for. They got me a car. I'm getting paid every month mm. doing what I love. This is, man, this is, this is amazing. So, yeah, I'm, I, I, I got to give these guys the formula to how that works. So, so you deal with the new generation, these kids now, they come up with excuses to mispractice. They come up with excuses to miss a summer league game. And it, that's just not how it works. This is how this thing is supposed to be done because there's something at the other end of that tunnel, but there's a lot of work in the midst of that tunnel that you got to do. There's a formula you got. From, it's an A to Z formula. And you have to, you have to follow steps A, B, C, you can't miss, you know, D, E, and F, and then try to get the G, and then try to go down the line. Get, you know, you got to do it all. You know, you have to do it all every single day because that's how it works. We don't, we're not, like I was six, six, nine, this is be a totally different conversation like that. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, you see yeah. what I'm saying? Like, so. Yeah. I had to. I had to really put in the work, no matter what. I had. To, I had to have the drive. I had to have that unbreakable desire we were talking about before. I had to, you know, have the focus that I had. You know, I had to, man. You know, going through all the things that I went through as a child, going through tragedy, and going through all these different things in the neighborhood. The city's so rough at the time. Yeah. Everybody's going crazy. You know, uh, I mean, big events happened when I was in high school, 9-11. You had the D.C. sniper. You had the kids get killed from Wilson coming back from the. Hey, man, this is, this, it, it don't get no better than this, man. I'm telling you, man. Trey Kelly, man, D.C.'s own, man, giving these Jews, dropping these Jews. You got it, bro. No problem. So, yeah, so you, you got all these th- different things going on. And, you know, before I go to high school, while I'm in high school, you know, I'm going to two, three different funerals every year while I'm in high school. These are my friends. These guys who were in my neighborhood that I've known at that time for 15 years. You know what I'm saying? So to, to have to deal with all of this and try to stay focused, it was a challenge, but my focus was so sharp because I wanted it. You know, that, like I said, that that desire being being unbreakable the way that it was, yeah. everything that was happening, it just wasn't going to break me down. You know, I had to go to a funeral. All right, I got to get in the gym after this. You know, I'm going to play ball after this. Like, you know, it. You know, I had to. I took my I took my first all met picture after my grandfather's funeral. Wow. You know what I'm saying? So the, the, the my junior year when I made all met. Oh, then. Hey, don't get no better than this, y'all. Trey Kelly, baby. DC zone. I think I think you kick it out, but what you, you were saying something about uh your all mat when you after your uh grandfather's funeral, you took your all mat. Yeah, so yeah, I, I lost yeah, lost my grandfather. Right, lost my grandfather, you know, a couple couple weeks uh after the season was over, we had to go take our all mat picture. 
and it was the day of the funeral. Mm. So, you know, just so many different things happening over the course of, you know, my first 18 years, man, that was, that could really drive somebody insane. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Lose my mom when I'm 11 years old, you know, um, you know, and this, and this, and even, you know, as an adult, you know, my grandmother raised me. My father was still around. I lost my father when I was 28. I just lost my grandmother in 2019. So, you know, it's when you go through all these different things, man, um, like I said, there's still a a desire to do many things. And if you're still here to to enjoy your life and to be able to just grind it through, because all of those things hurt. I mean, it hurts hurts like hell. But at the same time, you know, you got got Man, he keep getting blocked up, but hey, man, he giving up the Jews, man. Soon Sports Podcast, Trey Kelly, man. It's going down. My bad. You, you, you going, man. I, I ain't going to get in your way. This is good stuff, oh, that's man. All good, man. It's a good yeah, stuff, man. Yeah. But, that's, but, that's what it's about, man. That's what it's yeah. about. Um, so, you know, the journey right now is different. Yeah. You know, I'm on the sideline. Um, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't stay too much on the sideline when I was a player. I was always in the game, so yeah. you know. But I'm. But I'm on the sideline, man. Just trying to. Just trying to give these kids the best that I can give them, and you know, I'm. I'm. I'm looking for you know really great things ahead for Dunbar, and to try to bring that program back. I got a couple of questions for you before you get up out of here. About now. Now, two of them is. You you on the sideline now? Uh, you coaching? What can the people expect from Trey Kelly as a coach? You know, just to just to really teach the game the right way. I always thought I played the game the right way, made great decisions on the basketball court, didn't turn it over. And I was taught by a lot of great people along the way. I learned so many things. You know, as a as a high schooler, as a collegiate player. As a professional for 13 years, and I'm combining all of that, all that different knowledge that I was able to gain, and I'm giving it to these kids. But not just from the basketball standpoint, you know, being able to have you know, so much in my heart, man, that that I, you know, I tell these kids all the time, and they know everything that I've experienced by now. Yeah. You know, we've been in the gym almost every day since I got the job in March, because that's what it takes. Like I'm, you know, I'm not, you know, played all these different summer league games. But I'm I'm talking to them. Some of the parents are, you know, they, they they oh you're talking to them too much after the game, thirty minutes, forty minutes. But that's what's needed, you know, because they need to hear about it. Because it's not all the way it's not always about basketball. It's how we move forward. How do we bounce back from a loss? How do we how do we how do we beat this team in the playoffs that we just played and they beat us, you know, by fourteen, fifteen points. You know, we're just going through a lot of different adjustments. And what they they have this right here, they can be really special, you know, because Dunbar's had a drop in regards to being prominent. Dunbar was the school when I was coming up. Yeah. That was that was that was one of the premier schools, the premier high schools everybody wanted to go to. You go inside of Dunbar's banners hanging up everywhere. Um, you know, it's 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 an amazing place and that that tradition has been lost a little bit. So this this group can kind of bring that back. And when you talk about Dunbar, let's say we go on a run at some point, you know, 10 years after that run, you have to talk about this team 
for getting it ignited again. Absolutely. Um, last last question. You know, uh, it's phased out again. Uh, man, Trey Kelly, man, good interview. We on here getting it. Coach Trey Kelly, Dunbar, standout, South Carolina standout. You with you with me? Can you hear me? Oh yeah. You f- yeah, but I'm I'm here. Yeah, I can't I'm, see you, but I'm here. Oh yeah, good, good to go. Um, um, what do you what do you say for a student before you was hired? Uh, you know, uh, DC has a rule whereas though, um, after your ninth grade year, you cannot transfer to another school if you you got sit out or something like that. What do you what do you how do you feel about that? Because prior to you coming along and, you know, different experiences that I've seen over the years has been students that have, uh, you know, lost eligibility because a coach got fired or they wanted to transfer to a, a different high school to play for a different coach. You know, you just get the job at Dunbar. I'm quite sure that it's some uh, students that might want to come and play for you, but they don't have that luxury to transfer and to play for the coach that they want to play for or the school that they want to go right. to. How do you feel so, about that? I mean, you have to have some, you have to have some order and some structure within your league with, you know, just like the, the school itself should have some structure and some order, but it's very hard for me to understand hindering a kid's opportunity to, to, to play whatever sport they want to play. If they transfer, whether it's another school in D.C., another school outside of D.C., mm-hmm. they them and their families saw fit for them to get a better opportunity elsewhere. And for them not to be able to play or, you know, just whatever the rules are, like the rules, any rule that takes away a kid's opportunity, I just don't think that's a good rule because it, it, it's about them at the end of the day. It's about them. I don't see what disadvantage that creates for a kid to just transfer. Let's say a kid wants to transfer from Roosevelt to Wilson or Wilson to Roosevelt, Wilson to Dunbar, you know, whatever. Maybe they wasn't getting the opportunity that they wanted at whatever school they're transferring from. So they go to another school, they talk to the coach, they maybe talk to a couple of their friends that are playing at the new school. So why would you want to take away their opportunity to play right away? You know, maybe they have two years left and you they, they transfer as an 11th grader. You're telling them that they can't play one year. That, that does something to their future. You never know what it's going to do until you until their future comes about, but that that hinders their future in some way because they're going to get less exposure. They won't be able to have the good opportunities for two years because that means more opportunity to showcase your talents. And I would, me, whether I'm a commissioner, coach, or whatever, I would never take that opportunity away from the kid. Absolutely, man. Well said, man. I, I was feeling, I was feeling the same way. I just wanted to get a different perspective from you know new upcoming coach in the DCIAA. Same league you played in. It wasn't like that when we played. Um, last but not least, 
anything you that that we didn't touch on that you you want to say to your fans and or, or uh, parents, student athletes, anything? Oh man, just 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 you know Dunbar as as a as a school and just and Dunbar as a basketball program. Um, you know, my, my playing days as, as a professional, you know, I've, I've enjoyed, you know, I've, I've enjoyed them. They're great memories. You, know, you can find a lot of film out there of me, you know, doing whatever I did as a basketball player, but I enjoyed that. And it's now time for me to, you know, to take the challenge on to really lead young men, you know, and, and hopefully into, you know, prominent futures, um, and that's that's important for me, you know. That's important for me. Um, I mean, we touched on pretty much, you know, everything important. Um, and it's just it's just about the journey from here. I'm sure, you know, we'll see each other this season some somewhere, another game or something. Um, maybe talk again. Maybe have another podcast. We might be, you know, you never know. We might be holding up the trophy at the end. With you know, we go back to this conversation and and kind of and, and, and kind of speak on you know everything that happened in between. Um, but it's, you know, I just, I'm, I'm really embracing this opportunity and I have every day, you know, uh, I mean, we're in the gym all the time, you know, trying to, trying to get these kids ready, um, trying to do something special. Cause that's, if, if, if you want to do something, man, it's, it's the intent is to do something special. That's just at the end, at the end of the day, you come, when you talk about sport you talk about competing, talk about anything that involves some kind of championship some kind of victorious person, some kind of victorious team. I mean, at the end of the day, you want to do something special. So, you know, I want to be talked about now, um, not not for popularity reasons, but, you know, at, at the end of this journey, man, I, I want people to, to really acknowledge me as just a great player. Hey, man. Trey Kelly, man, doing it, man. Hell of a, hell of a guy, man. Hell of a guy. Yeah, I yeah. think you got cut yeah. off. Yeah, you got cut off. Yeah, so just basically, yeah, you know, I want, I just want people to, you know, really remember me as a coach, as, as a guy who just led a, a lot of young men, man, to, to 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 happiness at the end of the day. You know, wherever their journeys lead them to, you know, I just want them to be happy. You know, I want them to be happy in a in a good, clean way. You know, just to really be satisfied with their time um, with me. Satisfied with everything that I'm that I'm teaching, and I hope that leads them to some great things in the future. I want all my kids to graduate. I want all my kids to go to college. I want all my kids, you know, if they have the opportunity to play professionally. I really would love that for them. Not because I want to say, uh, you know, I help them do that or I coach them. I just want it for them because I was able to experience that and be happy about, you know, what I was able to do as a basketball player. I really want that for them. Absolutely. Um, how can uh, parents or uh, student athletes get in contact with you if they for for anything? Uh, basically, wanted to get 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 some information for the parents, get some information for student athletes. Uh, basically, how, how can uh, student athletes, parents, get in contact with you if they want to, uh, you know, train or get their kid up to you or? So they can 
They can contact me. They can they can email me at treykelly1 at gmail.com. That's T-R-E-K-E-L-L-E-Y-O-N-E at gmail.com. Um, what is it? Facebook, Trey Kelly, T-R-E-K-E-L-L-E-Y. Um, Instagram, um, T-R-E-K-E-L-1-E-Y. So that's Trey Kelly, but the second L in my last name is a one because I wore number one most of my career and I wore number one in South Carolina. So T-R-E-K-E-L-1-E-Y is my Twitter and my Instagram. So I always get messages, you know, on those about training kids, and kids who may want to come to Dunbar now. Um, so that's, I'm open all the time. You know, if they want to, you know, contact me about anything. Absolutely. Uh, before you get out of here too, um, do you, y'all, are you in the summer league? And if so, how can people come and see the games or, or different things like that? So we've been in, been all over the place actually in the last month or so. Um, we're about to finish up the, the summer league, at the, the Falconers summer league at Wise High School. Okay. Um, we done played about almost 10 games out there in the playoffs. We just won our first playoff game last night. Okay. Um, the semifinals is Saturday at 12 okay. and the championship game, I think is at four o'clock at Wise High School. Okay. Um, we're playing in the DMV summer league at number 14 boys and girls club. Um, I think our next game is next Wednesday at 6.30. So after the, the Summer League at Wise, we'll be um, we'll be at number 14 Boys and Girls Club either Monday or Wednesdays until that league is over. And then um, we might be in a couple of more team camps. We played in the University of Maryland team camp recently. And, you know, that was, that was a great experience for our guys. So um, December, of course, is when the season starts and, I can't wait to get that kicked off and, and just, you know, try to take the DC. Hey man, y'all heard it, man. Y'all heard it. When he come back home and let my man get up out of here, Trey Kelly, man, coach head coach of Dunbar Senior High School. Back on, brother. Yeah. Hello. I don't know if he can hear me or not. Yeah, I'm still here. Yeah, there you go. I'm just just trying to wrap you up. Uh, you know, giving the people your schedule and different things like that. We got we got to do this again, though. Yeah, absolutely, man. Any, anytime, you know, just uh, I'll shoot you my number, and uh, we just go from there, man. Anytime, you know, we, we can talk about different topics, and you know, the NBA, all the types of stuff is going on in the NBA. Oh yeah, you know, <laughs> whether it's during the season, college basketball. High school basketball, man. We can talk about it all. Let's do it, man. Uh, man, I want to thank you for coming on this platform, man. Uh, sharing your expertise with us today. Definitely just want to thank you for coming on, sharing your time with us. Uh, one thing you can't get back is time, man. So I definitely uh, want to thank you for coming on this platform and sharing your time, sharing your wisdom your expertise with, with, with the world yes. and with me, man. I really appreciate it. Absolutely, man. I, pre- I appreciate you having me on, man. We'll man, definitely talk again. Yeah, thank you, man. Shoot me your number, right, man. man. I appreciate we won't go from there. Okay, my man. All right, man. Trey Kelly, y'all, man. The one and only point guard from out of Dunbar, South Carolina. Uh, had a, a great career overseas, you know, in and out of the pros. 
You heard it from, you know, one of the greats, man. So stay tuned, man. Shown Sports Podcast. If you're trying to get on this podcast, hit me up at uh, CoachJ224 at gmail.com. That's Coach, the letter J224 at gmail.com. And, and, and let me know what you're trying to do. You want to interview? We're going to get you on, and we're going to go from there. Until next week, y'all, we out.